You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my friends. It's been a minute, huh? Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have right here in the United States. This is episode 128 of American Sex Podcast, and I am Sunny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg, but guess what? For this whole episode, you've got me and a guest, but we'll get there in a minute. Ken and I are sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts, too. So that special guest that I alluded to, reveal Amy Jo Goddard is back. Amy Jo is the author of Woman on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence. She's also the co-author of the best-selling classic, Lesbian Sex Secrets for Men, And she gave a TEDx talk called Owning Your Sexual Power. Amy Jo has been teaching and speaking about feminism and sexuality for over two decades. She also leads her annual Firewoman Retreat, which is a sexual empowerment event with powerhouse teachers, including me. And it is for women and non-binary people. During this conversation, Amy Jo and I talk about the challenges that we're all facing during this quarantine. So the honeymoon period of social distancing is well over. We've been at this for, what, at least two months. So in other words, now shit is starting to get real, real. Quarantine is pressing us to reevaluate our biggest life decisions, you know, where we live, our careers, the relationships we're in, and a whole bunch more. Now, while we all have some commonalities during this time, many of us are actually having very different experiences. Some of us are having breakdown in key areas of our lives, while others, and those others tend to be the ones that are more well-resourced, are absolutely thriving. Now, with the loss of jobs and the loss of a comfort of a life that we're used to comes a collective identity shift that is rocking many of our foundations. And it's also rocking our collective cultural foundation. We talk about all these things, plus how it all affects our quest for intimacy, our permission to embrace our own vulnerability, and We talk about all of these things, plus how all of this affects our quest for intimacy, our permission to embrace our own vulnerability, and our work on nurturing our closest relationships. I also talked to Amy Jo about her annual sexuality retreat for women and non-binary people, which is called Firewoman. She tells us how this year, it's not only online, But she's also had to shift the focus of the event to address all of these pandemic-related crisis points. And, of course, shameless self-promotion, I'm going to be teaching at Firewoman this year. I taught last year. It was freaking amazing. And Firewoman Online is coming up this coming weekend, May 15th through 17th. And there's an opening session on Thursday, May 14th, that is absolutely free for all women and non-binary folks. And I would love for you to join us. You can register for the free session and find out more at bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash firewoman, all one word. And Also, I'm going to have that link and any other link that we talk about in this entire episode 
at americansexpodcast.com in the show notes for episode 128. So before we get to that conversation, I have got some housekeeping quite a bit. It's been a minute since we've all been together, or as we lovingly like to call it, ball washing. So Although we've been on hiatus from the podcast the last few weeks, we've absolutely still been recording our free weekly Wednesday night live streams on Get Vocal. They're at 8 p.m. Pacific time. And all you have to do is go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Sunny Get Vocal. That's spelled S-U-N-N-Y G-E-T-V-O-K-L. At that link, you can watch our live streams and subscribe. You can also view recorded versions of all of our past streams there too. But I, I have just recently learned in order to see those recordings, you need to be logged into your Get Vocal account. So sign up at that link. It's absolutely free. And this coming Wednesday, I'm very excited because we have got our kinky family feud rematch between Dirty Lola and Jiminika Eborn. It is going to be a blast. Last time we did Kinky Family Feud, I think we all peed our pants at least at one point, if not more, during the hour. So please join us. It's going to be fun. Also, while we've been on hiatus, I have been working my ass off on something for our community. We now have an American Sex Podcast Discord community. That's been alive for about three weeks. And I tell you, there is already such a really cool and thriving community there. So come join us. That's free too, as is most of our stuff. It's at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Discord, A-S-P. For American Sex Podcast. So far, we've been using it to watch movies together, like on May 4th. It was May the 4th Be With You. And we did all the Star Wars movies. We've been having fun. We've been playing games on our Discord. There's lots of chit chat about sex stuff and about off topic general things. We're having fun. And one of the things we're working on right now is also opening up an explicit, not suitable for work area on our Discord server, where you can post sexy selfies or read erotica, find online play partners, and do a lot more. But I want to explain why it's taking us a little bit to open that part of our Discord server up. It's because we're trying to make it as safe and community supported as possible. So we're putting protocols in place for age verification, putting together a bunch of community rules that need to be abided by to interact in that space. And all members that join that special secret area have to be in good standing and active with our general Discord community before they are allowed access to the not suitable for work area. So in other words, we're trying to keep the random creepers out so you can be comfortable and play. Also, this area of our server is a very deliberate opt-in. So if like naked play stuff isn't your thing, you don't have to worry about accidentally being exposed to it. So that area of our Discord is taking a whole lot of thought and time to get just right. So we're getting there. It'll be open soon. In the meantime, come join us now. Get to know the hundred or so already pretty damn active members that are having a blast together. Again, that's at bit.ly, Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D-A-S-P. 
I also want to let you know I'm teaching a couple of classes for sugar in Baltimore, but I'm not going to Baltimore because it is online. They'll take place in early June. I'm teaching prostate play and long distance kink. You can check the show notes for episode 128 at americansexpodcast.com, and I'll have the links to those sessions, and I'd love for you to join me. So lastly, American fuckers, you know what time it is, right? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. My goodness, I am telling you, our Patreon family has grown so much over the last couple of weeks. I am just, I am beside myself. I want to give a big, huge welcome and a heartfelt appreciation to the following people for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon supporters. You ready? <gasps> Haley, Kate, Julie, Dinsey Johns, Meg, Kinky Squirrel, Anthony, Christian, Lorena, Emily, Paige, Michael, Matthew, Talisha, Pekka, and John. Wow. Thank you all from the bottom of our very, very kinky hearts. Seriously, we are blown away by your support. And right now it is more important than ever, you know, with us being self-employed and living paycheck to paycheck and continually losing income. Yeah, just last week, unfortunately, we lost another significant sponsor due to economic uncertainty. And, you know, all the corporate budgets are just being slashed. So we're in quite a bind. Your Patreon membership has a real and direct impact on our well-being. It helps us do things like buy groceries and keep a roof over our heads. So thank you. Thank you so much. And if you're listening along like, hmm, what is this all about? You can become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American Sex. And you get stuff too. Lots of stuff like bonus stories from our guests, extra full-length episodes, all of our regular episodes early, American Sex Podcast stickers sent to you in the mail, a shout out on the podcast, Patreon-only video hangouts, and more. And I got something exciting. This is an off-menu bonus perk for our $10 and up patrons. You will not see this listed on our Patreon page, but it is happening. Every single Tuesday night, we are screening an episode of my TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, that aired on Showtime. And we're also doing a Q&A session afterwards where we spill all the behind-the-scenes tea. And let me tell you, there's a lot. We've got six weeks to go, and we're doing those screenings right on our Discord server. In the show notes at americansexpodcast.com, I'm going to include a link that tells you more about this. We'd love for you to join us. Okay, American fuckers. It was a lot to catch up on, wasn't it? I'm I'm glad that we're back. I'm happy to see you. And now we're going to have a conversation that's going to give us all some comfort in these funk-ass weird times. Here is Amy Jo Goddard. On the line, we have someone who I think, I think this is your third time back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Amy Jo Goddard, hi. I love talking to you. I love talking to you too. I don't know if other people like listening, but we're having fun. So, you know, totally, (laughs) totally. And, you know, I, I seem to recall, even though I have the shittiest memory, but I seem to recall at least one of our, our last conversations, if not both of them were kind of like, 
oh my god shit's going on in the world right now let's just talk about it and that's kind of where we're at right now yeah um and so for the listeners listening along like you know i'll tell you how the sausage is made um Mm -hmm. usually when i interview someone I have a really clear cut idea of what we're going to talk about. I even have the title of the episode ready so I could kind of, you know, hone in on that's what we're going to talk about. And today, it's just kind of free form. Because, um, you know, shit's happening, right? This this COVID thing. And I know a lot of our past episodes in the last, I don't know, four or five episodes that we've done, we've been on hiatus for a while. But before that, I kept trying to publish just a regular episode, like, hey, let's talk about role play. And I couldn't do it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, I know I, I can't talk about stuff like stuff is normal right now. Um, and I have a feeling my listeners can't just listen to stuff like stuff is normal right now. So a lot of our, our past episodes have been COVID related. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Amy Joe, help me. Yeah. The world. The world is on fire. Yeah, I mean, and your your listeners actually should know that you are you must be I, I've been on a lot of podcasts and you are one of the most organized podcast hosts. Like when you send me the plan, <laughs> like I love it. It's like, yes, attention to detail. <laughs> like she's you 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 do you do good plans, so it's good for you to get yeah. to be free form. And well, you know what I'm, you know what free form right now. So yeah, you know what I'm finding, which is funny, is I'm watching people, and I've been thinking about like, okay, how is COVID affecting us? You know, and and not just COVID, but the the isolation and you know everything that goes along with it, and the the fear and the anxiety we all have, and I've noticed that we're becoming more authentic, which has really been a buzzword in the last few years. Like everyone's like, I'm all about authenticity and finding my truth. And it's become such a thing Mm -hmm. that it's like this polished version of authenticity. Like, look at how powerful I am being vulnerable right now. Don't you want to be like me? And I've noticed that now people are just like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm I'm presenting my real self online, not my like polished, authentic, vulnerable self, yeah. but my real vulnerable self. And what clinched it for me was Ken, my husband, has this thing about never showing anyone that lives outside of this house an unmade bed. Oh. Like he has this thing yeah. for having the bed made. I'm with Ken on that. I am in that camp. I Oh, see, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just like, why make it if you're going to sleep in it again? First thing I do in the morning, I, I make my bed. I'm yeah. Very, yeah. very good about that. Well, he has not only not been making the bed, Ooh. we were doing a live stream and he was like, you know, showing the dog or something and the dog jumps on the bed and the covers are in balls all oh, over yeah. the place. And usually he would be mortified and he's like, you know what, just fuck it. We're human beings. So we have an unmade bed. And I was like, whoa, there is a shift going on in the universe. (laughs) That's a true sign. That is a true sign. All right, bed makers, we're doing a poll. How many of you have stopped making your bed? (laughs) I'm still making my bed. But you know, my day to day life hasn't changed that much because I have an online business. Mm-hmm. You know, I teach sexuality, I teach online programs, you know, I teach in person events too, normally. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, but my my day to day hadn't changed that much. And we were a few weeks into this and everybody's talking about all the closets they've cleaned and, uh, you know, all the new things they're getting to do and all the art they're making. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> like, I haven't done that at all. And if I get through yeah. this thing and I haven't done anything for myself, I think it's going to feel crappy. Um, and that's not to say everybody's in that situation by any means, because obviously there are a lot of people who are essential workers who are working their asses off right now. Right. Um, and they're tired and, you know, they're on the front lines and, you know, but I think a lot of people were talking about that. So I decided I'm learning piano. That is my thing. <gasps> oh. Yeah. I've wanted to learn my whole life. And so I thought, who would have an extra keyboard? And I wrote to one friend and they were like, I've got an extra. I'll bring it over tomorrow. So I've played every single day since, and uh, I learned Imagine. That, that was the first song I learned. Oh. And I'm working on Let It Be right now. The Beatles seem like a good place to just Yeah. So, That's amazing. Yeah, it's been good. That is amazing. Yeah. I've got I've an been... app that listens to me, and if I, if I fuck it up, it sends me back, and it makes me do it right. So it's, it's, it's very like a, you know, it's a good, it's a good top, you know? It's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fucking amazing. I've been wanting to do it. in my brain. I'm doing that, but I haven't gotten there yet. I, I used to be a guitarist ages ago, but it's been like 10 years oh since God. I picked up any of my instruments. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I keep thinking about it. And if if thinking about it could gr- grow calluses back on my fingers, I'd have some damn ass calluses by now. But it hasn't quite happened yet. But I'm hoping to get there. Yeah, well. I wanted to talk to you specifically, like what kind of sparked my brain is we are working together on your fabulous event firewoman which i went to my first firewoman retreat last year and i was fucking blown away um it it's amazing absolutely fucking amazing and i think i was blown away like for a lot of reasons but one of the the things that really stuck with me was even though your firewoman retreat is a a sexuality retreat for women and non-binary people. There's so much more Mm -hmm. than sexuality. You know, it's very, very holistic. And I talk about this when I teach. It's like, you can't put your sexuality in a little silo over in the corner without your mental health factoring in Mm -hmm. and your lifestyle and and all the other things, your your emotional state and all that. And we've been talking planning out firewoman this year which is online which in the intro i'm sure i've already told you about it and you're going to hear about it more so don't worry listeners um we were talking in one of our groups about the different things that people are going through right now and there was a group of like eight or nine of us all going like oh this is happening that's happening people said things i didn't even realize and it really struck me how there are so many profound things going on for people right now. And in some ways, they are so the same. Like no matter what our our status in life, you know, what's going on with us, it's bringing us together on a common plane. But at the same time, some people are experiencing things that are so different from other people. Yeah. So let's start there. You wrote a, a, a love letter email yesterday talking about some of these things. What have you been seeing and experiencing? Yeah, I mean, it was great. That was our teacher meeting for Firewoman. And yeah, we we just got to dig in and say, what are we hearing from people? You know, and I'm seeing, you know, and someone else in the in the 
group talked about this, you know, there's like these extremes that people are experiencing right now. So there's a lot of people that are in a really challenging place. They're feeling uh, fear and anxiety and depression. They're feeling loneliness. You know, we're all restless. I mean, God, who's not restless right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of insecurity, you know, uh, people feeling food insecurity, sometimes for the first time in their lives, feeling housing insecurity, financial insecurity. And, you know, obviously that feeds into all of that anxiety and fear, not knowing how, how, you know, when we're going to be able to make an income again and what that's going to look like. And all of that, you know, our government is not doing the best job. (laughs) (laughs) You're so kind in your words. (laughs) Some, Some people have their stimulus checks. I have not received one. I know a lot of people are getting that. So I'm really happy to see that. And the thing for me too, is we can do that. Look at, we can actually do that. We just choose yeah. not to, we just choose not to take care of people. And um, so I think there's that end of things, you know, there's a lot of breakdown people are in. There's a lot of relationship breakdown. There's a lot of communication breakdown. I mean, people are stuck in their house with people you know, either partners or children or family members or roommates or whatever, whoever it is that you're not used to spending that much time with. And there's kind there's nowhere to really go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, that's really problematic for, well, may not be obvious to everyone, but you know, there's a lot of people in abusive situations that are stuck at home with their abusers, you know, yeah. with no real means of escape. And so, so some of that is, is very serious. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, the issues that have been up in their relationship are now really in their face. And I think just for all of us, the issues that have been up are really up now. Yeah, things that were like, going along at a low hum that we were just like, okay, yeah, that's over there. I'm just not going to deal with that right now those things are now like screaming. <laughs> yes. It's like, I'm, I'm thinking it's like, it's almost like the reckoning, you know, whatever thing we had, like you said, under the surface that we could kind of sweep under the rug and maybe ignore and pretend it's not happening or it's not as bad as it really is, is suddenly like in our faces and we have no choice but to deal with it. And, it, and I've also seen like, you know, it's bringing up trauma for so many people. Like, mm. you know, I can see it even in myself in different ways. Like, but one that you just brought up was like the food insecurity and the financial insecurity. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that I've been trying to address in my life. Like, I grew up on food stamps and, you know, didn't have a lot of stuff. So it's affected the way I look at me, my resources now, the way I hoard my resources, or the way I I don't buy things in bulk, even though it comes out cheaper, because I'm used to being the one not having a lot of money. And what if I need that money next week, you know, even though it doesn't make sense for my situation right now. And it's bringing a lot of that back up for me. It's like, my little bits of like, I'm trying to work on this. And I see that it's an area where I'm, you know, sort of deficient from my because of my past and blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, no, bitch, you have no choice but to deal with this shit right now. And that's just in one little area. Yeah. 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 You know, I think, um, 
for some people, I mean, what I'm hearing is a lot of big life decisions and I'm making my own, you know, I'm, I'm looking at where I live in Los Angeles and it's very clear to me, like, this is not where I want to be. Oh, (laughs) yeah. this This is not, I, you know, being here living, you know, I live by myself. Thankfully I have two little cuddly fur babies. Um, so at least I have that little heartbeat next to me and, you know, somebody to snuggle, but, um, you know, living alone here in Los Angeles, not really being in nature. I'm I'm like, yeah, this isn't it for me. This is not where I want to be when the shit goes down. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of us are, are looking at where we live. You know, I was talking to a client yesterday who lives in New York and she's looking, she's, she's ready to get out and, She's convinced her her co-parent that, you know, she's uh, co-parenting her her son with to leave the city. And uh, she's trying to find real estate in upstate New York. And she's like, you you can't even find it. Like, everyone is moving. Really? No shit. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, so she's trying to figure out where to go, where she wants to go. And so I think think it's going to be interesting. I think we probably are... You know, there's been all this flooding into the big cities over the last mm-hmm. number of years, you know, where the suburbs used to be the place people wanted to be, you know, not live in the city. And then it became really hip to live in cities. And so all of the cities have been expanding and growing. And, yeah. and I would not be surprised if we see a lot of flight, a lot of flight from cities. You know, they called it white flight back in the day, right? When it yeah. Was, all the white people moved out to the suburbs so they didn't have to live with people of color. You know, I mean, it was just such a, like a very racist segregated thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I think, yeah, I think just a lot of people are just going to leave cities because this has not been in many ways for some of us, a comfortable place to be. Right. But You know, I think whether it's housing, I think, you know, obviously people are looking at jobs and how, how they want to make money and what they want to do next. And are they going to, just start their own business or, you know, do I want to go back to the thing I was doing? Can I go back to the thing I was doing? Um, you know, so obviously there's a lot happening around that. And then I also think relationships that, you know, I think that's really in people's faces, either people are getting closer through this and they're breaking through and they're really, they're really doing it well together and they're working on communication and they're, they're resourcing each other or, things are really in breakdown. And the, and I think a lot of people are realizing they're in relationships they shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, there's nothing like having to spend 24 seven with somebody to realize how you really feel about the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think about like some of my past relationships, if, if we were in uh, lockdown to go, oh, it would have been bad. It would like really bad. Yeah. And you know what I'm, I'm wondering about is, you know, a lot of people are either losing their jobs completely, you know, they've been laid off or furloughed or whatever. Or, you know, some people are, are still working, but they're working at home. Yeah. And for those people, like I think back in, in the last recession we had, I was laid off for my job that I was at for 17 years. Oh, wow. And it was it was very surprising. Like I had never been laid off before. And I remembered like that first day and even that first week, first couple of weeks, I felt like 
like you do when someone close to you dies. You know, like I was just in a daze. I was like, what the hell? I mean, it really threw me. And when I really started trying to analyze, like, what am I feeling? And why am I feeling it right now? I realized it was, I was mourning the loss or even the death of my identity that I tied so closely to my career and, you know, my work family. And, and that was really like, that fucked me up. And I'm like, I don't know how many millions of people, I know the unemployment rate is, you know, sky high right now. And I'm wondering how even that, like that, that loss of identity feeling is affecting people and then affecting every single last bit, you know, that contributes to abuse in the home. Like if you're an abusive person, you have those tendencies and you're feeling all a funk because of that, that's going to lead to that. Or if you're having issues in your relationship and you're, you know, so I, it's, it's so interconnected that I don't even know where to start to pick it apart. You know, I think about like people go, you know, in the business we're in, well, how is this affecting my sex? And I kind of not laugh in a like, that silly kind of way, but in a like, oh, Lordy, do we have to pack uh, unpack a whole bunch before we get to the sex part? Right. You know, so how do we unpack this? How do we peel back these layers of all this shit that, that people are going through? Yeah, I mean, I think the piece you're bringing up around identity is so important. And it's big because, I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, in American culture, our identity is so tied to what we do. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, you go to a party, what's the first question anybody's going to ask you? I mean, it's it's so predictable, right? It's like, what do you do? Like, so I know how to relate to you. I need to know what you do in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And it always means work. And so... But what's interesting is that we're going through this collective identity shift yeah. where like we're really seeing through the illusion of that, that who we are is not about work. You know, I think when you lose your job and, and the rest of the world is going on as normal, it can be such a blow to the identity. I've been there. I mean, I think anybody's, <laughs> you know, who's been, a, been in, in the world for a while and who has had jobs has probably experienced that, you know, what happens in the, oh my God, what do I have to offer? Who am I? I don't have this thing that I'm doing every day. So many of us may have experienced that, but when have we ever experienced it in a collective way like this? Yeah. So there's this like collective identity crisis we're having. And I mean, I think that, I think, I know that it's very hard for a lot of people right now. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good thing. Because I would love to see American culture not be so tied to what we do for work. You know, what what could get created out of this that might be really meaningful for people um, if we got away from having that be what our identity is tied to? I think yeah. it opens up a lot of space for us to be fuller human beings, you know, um, mm-hmm. and for us to focus on maybe more of the right things. You know, I woke up one morning, Sunny, I swear, like uh, maybe a month ago, I woke up one mm-hmm. morning and I mean, I've been teaching sexuality for 25 years. I, like I went to grad school for it and the, and I never turned back. I woke up one morning and I thought, I don't have to keep doing this. <sighs> And I've never had that thought. And I was really serious about it. And it wasn't like 
like, oh, I'm walking away from it. But, you know, I really woke up in the surrender of I could do something else and it would be fine. You know? Yeah. I would be a good healthcare provider. You know, what would I do if I wasn't going to do this? I could be a healthcare provider. I could go back to teaching, but maybe I want to do something new. Maybe I'll run for office. I mean, I literally woke up and I lay there in bed thinking about this. Like, what would I do if I wasn't going to keep doing the work that I do now? And I'm not going anywhere. I'm not like making that decision, but it felt really good to be in the surrender of it, that I'm going to be okay. Like whatever it is, I'm going to be okay. And it doesn't yeah. have to be this. And so, I mean, everyone, you know, has their own, you know, relationship to their occupation and whatever. But I mean, for me, my identity has been very tied up in what I do, you know, being a sex educator and everything that's meant to be on this path. And that's um, been a huge part of my identity. So for me, that was a big breakthrough to really yeah. be in that kind, that level of surrender. Huh. Yeah, I've, I had... I've had similar thoughts. I don't think that, I don't know, pure and positive as your experience, even though I thought like, you know, if I were to do something else, if I were to go back to school and get my master's, what would, you know, that sort of thing. Um, But I've also had regrets of being such an anti-capitalist and also just bad with money because of my own baggage and the way I grew up. Mm. Um, But like, I'm like, damn. You know, had I played the capitalism game good for the last 20 years, I wouldn't be freaking out right now. Or I could say, you know what, I'm going to take a couple years off and go back to school. <laughs> I'd be watching all my stocks dropping too. <laughs> oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But in my see, in my in my scenario, I'm I'm so good at being a capitalist, I could have seen this coming and at the first time pulled everything and I would have been kind of okay. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, there's some people have a big safety net right now, and a lot of us don't. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I think I mean there is a lot happening in terms of that breakdown, but I do think the other side of that is that a lot of people are breaking through right now. There's a mm-hmm. lot of breakthrough. There's a lot of ahas. There's a lot of realizations about what I'm not going to tolerate in my life anymore. Changes I'm going to make. Moves I'm going to make. Um, obviously we can't do a lot right yet, most of us, but I do think a lot is happening internally. And then in terms of the choices that people are either making or getting ready to make in their lives. And so I think there's going to be a lot of shuffling around. I think there's going to be a lot of moving, you know, certainly more people are going to be working from home and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, creativity we're being forced to be creative you know and i think that is where sexuality get comes into this because sexual energy is creative energy right and so Mm -hmm. where you know we do know that like a lot of people's sex lives are flatlining um (laughs) present company not excluded um yeah i'm with you yeah you (laughs) know it's like that's not where most people's energies are right now You know, some people might have seen more libido, but I think most people there's, there's less interest. Obviously when you spend more time with your partner, it's less passionate and sexy because you get so used to each other. So for people that actually live with partners, they could be having sex with, there are challenges for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And that creative juice 
you know, I think is coming online for a lot of people. Um, and so, so that's where I think a lot of us are using our sexual energy. It's like, okay, what do I get to create right now? You know, mm. what, what do I get to have out of this? I mean, for me, it's like, I'm playing piano, you know, great. Right. So, yeah. Um, you know, and I think, I think there is, there is a lot of vulnerability right now in terms of how open people's hearts are. It's really hard to even just guard how people are feeling and, and people are doing that less. And so that does open us up to, to really have a breakthrough. I think both on an individual level, but I think also as a culture, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's where I want to, I want to be in the vision of it. I don't want to go, I don't want to be in the negativity of like, well, nothing's going to change and it's just going to go back to normal and the haves are still going to have and the have nots are still going to have not, you know, I really, think we all get to be in powerful vision right now about what kind of world we do want to create and what kind of society we get to have and who gets to lead us because the leadership right now is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So many of the things that are happening. Oh God. Yes. Oh God. Yes. You know, it's interesting. It's like, even before this happened, I saw a small, cultural shift Mm. towards being, um, you know, focusing more on one's mental health, focusing more on your emotional literacy, focusing more on intimacy, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just the physical act of sex, you know, and I I, I saw slight shift. But now I'm seeing so many people kind of with that fuck it, you know, look at my unmade bed attitude, people that you wouldn't typically see being openly vulnerable. Um, You know, and I think of my stereotypical, you know, my Chicago folks, like my stereotypical blue collar, male, middle aged Chicagoans, you know, like the bears, those guys, I'm seeing them being emotionally vulnerable online, you know, they're being emotionally vulnerable, some shit has shifted. Um, And I'm also seeing more of a drive for people to seek true intimacy and those people that may have been embarrassed about it, you know, like my the bears guys are like, no, you know, this is what I need right now. I just need to be close to someone, not in a physical way, but you know, our hearts, you know, our brains. Are you seeing that? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's like we get to, we get to really have the stark realization that we need each other right now and, mm-hmm. and that needing each other and not in it. I don't mean that in a like, ah, save me way, but really in that intimacy way that being able to be in relationship requires skills. So I think this is my hope given my vision in the world, <laughs> my <laughs> mission in the world is that, that, more people are going to realize that they get to actually work on the skills of relationships and intimacy and being a better person. And how do I want to remember myself during this time? Mm -hmm. You know, are you, do you want to remember yourself as someone that checked out, numbed out, you know, drank every night, played video games all day long, you know, just numbed out on Netflix, like whatever, um, and not that there's anything wrong with any of that in, in its own, you know, in, in, in and of itself, but it's, right. if we are 
using this time just to do those kinds of things, just to escape, we're missing a real opportunity here, which is to, to, to face the things that are coming up. You know, everything, everybody has something surfacing right now. Yeah. And I think the people that are feeling more well-resourced have developed more skills. They have developed more tools for self-care, for communication, um, spiritual well-being, as well as physical well-being. You know, those are the things that are carrying people through right now. So, right. you know, if you're going to binge on something, binge on working out, <laughs> you know, uh, a much better binge than, you know, video games or, you know, alcohol or whatever. Um, so, so I think we have an opportunity to really look at where the gaps, what, what are the skill sets I need? And and let me do that. Let me make that important. Yeah. And, you know, I think about the people who are asking about sex, you know, and, and as you said, and even like, I know the Kinsey Institute is doing uh, a research project figuring out how COVID is affecting people's sex lives. And what they found is the vast majority of people's libidos have, are like in the toilet, not interested. There's a small minority that are, are hypersexual, like the anxiety and the fear makes them hypersexual. Um, but I think, you know, if we're looking at averages at majorities, most people are just like, not really feeling too sexy right now. Right. And, you know, when, when people ask me like, oh my, oh my goodness, we're not having sex like we used to. And what do we do? And, and I, my advice is like, don't worry about it. Like yeah. we're all going through some shit right now. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. Your sex may not be getting better right now or in the short term. Maybe you're not having sex at all or you're, you know, the sex you're having isn't as satisfying, but you know, a lot of times when we when we see people like coaching clients or whatever, and there's problems in the bedroom, and you really boil those problems down to like, what's really causing them. They're related to you know, emotional insecurities, maybe past traumas that haven't been resolved that are being brought up. It's mm-hmm. like, sex is never just about sex, you know, there's always something underneath it. And I really think that right now, because as we're talking about, people are focusing on their interpersonal relationships, their anxieties, um, old traumas that are being brought up that maybe they haven't dealt with that this is bringing to the surface that they have to deal with. It's like, whenever we get back to having sex, I don't know when that's going to be. But when we get back to it, we're going to have done all of our emotional work. And I think sex, like, our future sex will be better, whenever that is. Yeah, that's a vision I want to get on board with. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so right now you're working on making your fucking better even if you're not fucking look at that yeah boom yeah it's it's like oh all the heads explode um yeah it's it's just you know and i i've been hearing and this this came up in our call and i've been i just posted an article about on my facebook about how uh mom's are having a time right now. And I'm a mom. However, I'm a lucky mom, because my youngest child graduated high school last year. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to do with homeschooling. Yeah, they they can take care of themselves. And my youngest is actually in Chicago right now. She's so I just have one kid here that's 25. So whatever. I'm not feeling what other moms are feeling right now. Yeah. 
mom, it's my parents are going through it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I it's bad. Come out of this appreciating teachers far more. Than, oh, like, hell yes. Hell yes. All of our teachers are raised. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I've been reading, and it's like, even though I might not be personally experiencing it, I have similarly in the past. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that there is a magnifying glass, you know, the reckoning is coming when it comes to traditional gender roles in marriages or parental relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, That it's, you know, and typically, like, if you look at the studies, it's like, if it's a, you know, a heterosexual marriage, mom and a dad, it's almost always you know, the mom is the one making the doctor's appointments and taking care of everyone's emotional needs and doing all of like the emotional labor and all of the the little the small things meeting with teachers and you know, making sure people have their immunizations like all that bullshit. And now that, you know, we're all being expected to homeschool our kids. Mm -hmm. A lot of the moms in those situations are just like, okay, fuck this (laughs) shit like it's bad and it's not like we can even say you know fuck this shit and then the other partner in the relationship is like oh my goodness dear you're right let me do the laundry (laughs) i'll do the math homework um so have you been hearing from people that are moms of school age kids that are at their wits end what's going on in that area Hi, I'm Tristan Taramino, the host of the podcast, Sex Out Loud. I'm answering the Pleasure Podcast's question of the month and telling you my number one sex tip for quarantine. Use this opportunity to expand your definition of intimacy. It might include mutual masturbation, an erotic massage, dirty text messages, or a new sex toy connected to an app. And if you're in the mood for some pleasure in politics, listen to my podcast, Sex Out Loud. Hey. Did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for national public radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you're thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash americansex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American sex. Well, I think there's, I think, you know, I think it's both, right? I, uh, and I think it can depend on the age of the kids too. Like one of, mm-hmm. one of the moms uh, that was speaking into this has older kids and her family is just getting really close right now. They're, they're mm. spending time together and they're just enjoying each other. You know, they get along well. There's not a lot of fighting in their family um, or misbehaving or something, you know. So I think for high-functioning families, um, I'm, I've talked to several parents that are feeling really great about the way they're getting to spend time with their families and their kids right now. And it's, it's such a gift. And mm-hmm. then I think for other families where maybe there's more behavioral issues or just 
whatever. Just, they're, just, they're just feeling the stress. I mean, you know, whatever. Doesn't even mean that they're not a high functioning family. I think just spending that much time together and having that much responsibility all of a sudden that you don't typically have with your kids is so challenging. So, uh-huh. so yeah, I think there's a lot of parents that are just pulling their hair out and needing a break. Um, I do think it's harder for many of the parents that have younger school age children. Um, yeah. children. I can't imagine if my kids were, you know, elementary school age through this and I had to homeschool. Oh, hell no. <laughs> and I have patience. Like I'm pretty good, but I, I would be at my wit's end. So I feel for those out there that have younger children. It's just, oh my goodness. So tell me, Amy Joe. You now have the challenge of hosting a sexuality retreat, which is was going to be an on-site retreat for an entire weekend where, you know, people, you know, did things all day and were together physically, yeah. is now not only going to be online, but this is now a women's sexuality retreat. But in the time of COVID, when we're dealing with everything that we just talked about, where Sex oftentimes is like the last thing we're really worried about right now. So how has this changed your, I guess, retreat process for you? And then what is Firewoman going to look like this year? Like, how's it going to be different? Yeah, I, I'm super excited about it. You know, for me, it's like, Ooh, it's a curriculum challenge. Yay. Cause it's <laughs> curriculum week. Um, so, you know, on, on a certain level, it felt like an exciting thing to figure out, you know, yeah, there's the disappointment of like, Oh, I'm not going to get to be with them in person. That's so much more fun. And it was, you know, it was a quick pivot of, okay, this is how we get to do it. Mm-hmm. And we chose a theme. We adjusted the theme for this year. Uh, because we we know that it has to relate to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year our theme was rewilding and dearmoring, and this year the theme is rebirth through presence, power, and pleasure. And that really is the work that I do. You know, as you say, it's it's such bigger work. It's not about sex, and I think a lot of my clients say that all the time. They'll they'll come into the work thinking they're working on their sex lives, and they are. And mm-hmm. as you have been talking about sex relates to so many other things. And so the work is so much bigger than that. It's about healing the things that need to be healed. It's about breaking through the emotional patterns that keep you stuck in your relationships and also with yourself. It's, it's the ways, you know, it's breaking the ways that we abandon ourselves and forsake ourselves. Uh, I think, I think that that is epidemic how much, Mm -hmm. you know, we all learn to leave ourselves when we're kids. Um, You know, if you had an abandonment of a parent, like as in an abandonment, you know, a parent left, there's an abandonment wound there, right? So those ones are obvious. I had one of those. Many of us had that. But I also think most of us grew up with at least one parent who wasn't present, either because they were too drunk or high, they had a health issue that they were consumed with, they were working three jobs just to try to keep it together. You know, um, they had, they were depressed, you know, whatever, like there's a, or they just were neglectful as parents. And so there's a lot of ways we get left when we are uh-huh. little. And so what we learn in that is we learn to leave ourselves. 
we learned that in order to have love, we have to go outside of ourselves and take care of somebody else. Let me clean up all of, you know, the, the drunken mess so that, you know, mommy will be happy tomorrow. You know, um, let me, you know, take care of my younger siblings so that I can hold the family together. Whatever, whatever we learned, we had to take care of or we had to go outside of ourselves to be loved or validated, um, you know, or just to make sure that somebody doesn't leave you again. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- I think that most of us are walking around with, with that self abandonment always sort of like, uh, like in, in, in a challenge with that or in some kind of struggle with that, unless we've looked at it and mm. people leave themselves in their relationships all the time. And right now, here we are, we're home, we're at home, yeah. you know? And so, but are we at home in ourselves and what does it really mean to do that? And, you know, I think that when people are able to really be at home in the self and they come into relationship from that place, mm-hmm. it just elevates the relationship to a whole new place because it's not, Oh, I need you. You know, I need you to take care of me or, Um, I need to know that I'm a valid person in the world because I'm married to someone who loves me or, you know, whatever it is, you know, there's a lot of patterns, you know, and then there's a lot of control also. It's like, let me go over there and control you. And then I feel, you know, uh, like I've got some control over something in my life, Mm -hmm. but you're not at home when you're doing that either. And so there's a lot of ways I think that gets to look. And so, so I'm really seeing this piece around, around coming, coming home to ourselves and then rebirthing ourselves through this time. And what do we need? What are the tools and the strategies that we need in order to do that? And, and so then that gets to include play. We get to play, we get to dance, we get to be in our bodies, we get to have fun. You're going to teach at the erotic carnival, which I'm super excited. About. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. And I have to say, you know, being at Firewoman last year, the, you know, people had asked me, you know, when I got home, like my adult children were like, so mom, how was it? And I was like, oh my goodness, you have to go to something like this. And they were like, what? It's a sex ritual. And I'm like, no, no, there's so much more. And how I described it to them, because it's, it's kind of indescribable. I'm like, it's like a weekend of like, at least a year's worth of therapy concentrated into like two and a half days. Plus, but not like, because then you're like, bummer, therapy, but it was good. It was like a celebration of yourself mixed in with like really getting to the meat of how you work and what's bullshit, what you can throw away and what you love about yourself and, and what you have, what you need to work on, but you're walking away with tools to work on that. Like it was just fucking magical like i i am not doing it justice and i'm also a very tough critic like i don't i generally i i wouldn't say i don't like people but i i like don't like things a lot and i was like this is the best weekend i've ever had seriously you have put together such a great event um and i think people (laughs) oh but seriously i'm like this needs to be a prerequisite to like young adult women like college you know or, or something um, yeah, so that's my, yeah, that's, that's my TED talk on Firewoman. Oh, Thank you. For that. I, really, <laughs> and I know that that's really genuine, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, and what I actually love about it is how intergenerational and diverse it is like that so many different kinds of women show up and women mm-hmm. literally from their twenties to their seventies come to fire women, you know? Oh yeah. It's just so amazing. Like when do we get spaces like that to be in intergenerational conversation about sexuality and intimacy and our bodies and our self love and our own personal power? You know, we don't, we don't have a lot of spaces like that. And, you know, the witnessing of the women and how the women help each other heal is my favorite part. I mean, I yeah. love it. I love to teach and I love to lead people through things. And I just more than anything love to just facilitate a space where that gets to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it w- I think everyone became co-teachers in their own way. I'm not I think I know, mm-hmm. like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so tell me, tell me where people can find out more about you, about Firewoman, about all that great, wonderful stuff that you've got going on. AmyJoGoddard.com is the hub. Um, FirewomanRetreat.com is the main website, although you should definitely use Sunny's link. Which is, I got a special link and I can't believe you didn't get this one, Amy Jo. Bit.ly slash Firewoman. Oh my goodness. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> there you go. It's mine. All right, it. I think I've done a bitly. It must be firewoman retreat that I've done. So okay. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. So, well, thank you. She's got the link. Use her link because you know everybody gets to be paid, and we're we're definitely doing a um, you know, like our best to share <laughs> to share the pot. You know, because everybody needs that right now. There's a lot of teachers coming. I mean, Sunny's going to be there, but we've got probably 15 teachers that are going to be offering things over yeah. the three days. And for everyone listening, even if you're like, oh my God, I can't spend money on anything right now. First of all, we've made it a sliding scale so that anyone can come. So no matter what your situation is right now, it's there. So take mm-hmm. a look. And um, the opening session is free to everyone. So even if you, you know, for whatever reason, can't do the three days of the retreat, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, it's May 15th through the 17th. On Thursday, the 14th, we're doing a opening ceremony that's going to be really beautiful. I'm so excited about it. Um, But yeah, we're going to make it fun. You know, we're going to have breakout rooms. We're going to, you know, people are going to get to really talk with each other and dig in and learn and move their bodies and learn tools. Um, There's just so many beautiful sessions that are going to happen. And the erotic carnival is truly one of my favorite things. It is so much fun. You get to like hop into these different rooms with these different teachers and learn erotic skills. And just just to have fun with yourself, not because there's some pressure on you from a partner to learn a thing. And we need more spaces like that. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough spaces where women don't feel pressured. We're people in general, but you know, this is for women and non-binary people. Women always includes trans women. Trans women are welcome. And um, yeah, we just don't have enough spaces like that where we can just on our own accord, make our own adventure, learn erotic skills with teachers, you know, we used to live in a world, you know, there were many cultures where there were sexual priestesses and mm-hmm. those priestesses would share sexual skills and intimate skills with people who were younger. And, and it was a rite of passage and we don't have that in, in this culture. 
um, in, in most cultures, we don't have that anymore. So I really see this as like a sexual priestessing uh, event, the erotic carnival, where you get to be priestessed by these like beautiful, amazing people yeah. who have phenomenal skills. So uh, it's so fun. I'm excited. I'm very excited. And you know what? Thank you. I I love our I love that our conversations are always during a crisis, and we're like, we don't know what we're going to talk about, but we just need to talk. But I always feel so much better after them. So thank you for that. Yeah, I'm so happy you're coming back. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, um, American fuckers listening along. Until next time, um, we will we will see you next week. But hopefully, I'll see you before that. Um, if you're someone who's thinking about going to Firewoman or even just the opening ceremony on Thursday, if I can see you there, that would be awesome. And uh, hang in there, American fuckers. We're all going to get through this. And thanks, Amy, Joe. Thank you. Thanks. Alrighty, bye bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.